Blog Talk Radio. Shit, fool you. 
still the one that do you.
Sunshine. Reality check, you know what I mean? Street lights, you know? Nuka. Scorpion. I used to dream of being rich Having a lot of houses and cars Couldn't know which one is which And finding me a chicken getting hitched Living the fairy tale life perfect without a ditch You think that this will bring me happiness If at the end of every rainbow There was a treasure chest Sometimes having more is really less Take a look inside yourself You realize you're really blessed No matter how you are in blue There's always someone who has it worse than you Sometimes you gotta pay your dues So don't worry, just push on through Got a big up for my people who be working on the future Though they know they gotta struggle Keeping it real To all my homies working on the 9 to 5 And doing right to keep themselves up out of trouble Keeping it real Although sometimes I know it seems impossible There ain't no need in drowning in your sorrow Keeping it real If things are as bad as they can be You could be sure to be a brighter tomorrow I never got to have myself the house, the mansion, and the bed I'm not the kind of brother who be making mad at I got myself a girl, but we be kicking it as friends It's not enough, we're made it out the pens again Not everything you want is everything you really need The standard of society is motivated by greed Are you prepared to follow them? Are you prepared to leave? The persevering use of feet Keeping it real Gotta dig up all my people who be working on the future Though they know they gotta struggle Keeping it real To all my homies working on the 9 to 5 And doing right to keep themselves up out of trouble Keeping it real Although sometimes I know it seems impossible There ain't no need in drowning in your sorrow Keeping it real If things are as bad as they can be You could be sure to be a brighter tomorrow All the harsh realities appears to come in twos and threes Don't worry cause there'll be a better day one thing I can promise you, just keep on keeping on, I swear to you, there's gonna be a brighter day.
Rising, Better Love. You are listening to Dr. Robert X. Form by way of Truth to Power, and I am Beverly, and we are chit-chatting, God's people talking. And how are you doing this evening, Dr. Robert X.? Hotel Sister Bev, Hotel Family, uh, I'm doing good, Bev, uh, better love. Great, great, great. Okay. <laughs> All right, drop it on me. I know you got something to say. <laughs> I, no, no, not really. I, again, I haven't had a chance to really sit down and, and see what, what they, the clown show that's going on, but, um, you know, they just busting them out, lie after lie. And it's interesting how you see CNN try to cover it up, but it's, it don't make sense. I don't care what they say. Are you talking about uh, with Tucker Carlson? The, the, yes, yes. Well, you know, Bev, uh, I managed to see a little bit of Alex Jones earlier today. And oh, uh, okay. he was talking about they pulled the important parts. and. He was going to see if they was, he was, if Tucker Carlson was going to try to finish playing some of that stuff tonight. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch Tucker Carlson tonight. Uh, I saw a couple of clips. We had the uh, the guy that that had the hairdress on that he was talking right. about, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the lawyer was saying he never received any of that footage. Didn't know anything about it. That's exculpatory evidence. You know, this is what this is what gets to me, Bear. Mm-hmm. This is what they did to black people in the sixties. Yeah, the exact same thing. I'm sure everybody heard about the police misconduct here in Chicago over the years and other cities, but Chicago in particular. Right. And how they were doing exactly the same thing here. That's why the cops end up going to jail because they were basically withholding evidence. You see, this is why I've been pissed because I see the same stuff going on, only this time it's against white people as opposed to black people. But the one metric that hasn't changed is is being done by the same people, the intelligence community and the politicians. Those are the people that's responsible for all of the stuff that's going on in this country. Those are the people. And personally, I have no respect for any black person that lines up on the side of the FBI and the CIA. I don't care who you are. You on the side of them people? Them people are global murderers. We at war right now because of these people. I say we. This country is at war right now because of the moves the intelligence community made in overthrowing the government in Ukraine. That was the CIA. You know the little the little black woman that ran for governor in Georgia? Mm-hmm. 
Abraham or whatever. No, what did she run from? Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Mm -hmm. Do you know she's talking about giving support to those white boys that uh, bum-rushed that police facility in Georgia yesterday and talking about holding another march against the police? That's not surprising. They all on the same team. No, it is surprising, Bear. Why? Because black people think that that woman is is speaking on their behalf. Not all. No, they never all. But I think it's safe to say, based on the numbers that black people that supported her just recently, even though she lost her butt off again. That's what I was getting ready to say. Then she she keeps losing, so... To me, I think that it's more that see see through her than not see through her. Yeah, but for them people, see, it don't matter whether they lose when they work for these people, when they work for the intelligence community. They just go work for CNN. They go to work for some university uh, uh, as a dean of students or something, as a professor. Okay, so they don't lose. They never lose. They may lose an election or they get appointed to some spot in government. That's why you got the same people that was in the Clinton administration going back 30 years ago. That's how deep the corruption goes. And personally, I just I can't deal with it. Because I was around when they were running all these programs, COINTELPRO, on black people. And now you got black people uh, working uh, in conjunction with COINTELPRO? But it, it, see, well, my, if, if people, my understanding, it's always been like that. Even when Christopher Columbus came over here uh, to conquer, there was black folks with him, from my understanding. So it's always been like that. I'm not yeah, saying I'm, I'm it's very right, much but I'm just saying, you know, we got them yeah, I'm very much what? Go ahead, Beth. No, I just say, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's right, but we've always had those people that look like us, but not us. They don't act like us. They're not for us. Bear, Bear I'm sitting in a city that's totally run by Democrats. Mm-hmm. We just had one of the nastiest, filthiest human beings that just got defeated for the mayor. <laughs> let, let me ask you, how do you think she got in office, Bear? <laughs> Her her machine, as we call it, put her in there. Yeah, and black people. Yeah. Okay. See, we got a lot be... of black people don't. Put, a lot of black people don't pay attention to politics. I know. I, I'm a lot not of people. Are, I'm one of them. Yeah. But I didn't I, vote either, do. and the reason I do, the the reason I never voted was because I. I've known about all the corruption 
and I grew up in the 60s where I was able to see and how it worked firsthand and them running around the country assassinating people and then blaming it on black people because they got tired of being beat down by police. I grew up in that era. So I watched it happen. So now the black people are on the side of those black people that's working with the police and the intelligence community. I don't mind going down fighting. I'm I'm willing to to fight with anybody for justice because if you ain't got that, you don't have nothing. That's what the Black Panther Party and all of the movements in the 60s was all about. It was all in response to police behavior. Okay? What wasn't seen back then was the role that the intelligence community was playing with uh, informants uh, inside of these organizations, manipulating them. That didn't come out until the 70s. And anybody of any importance was murdered. Those who weren't murdered were locked up, some of whom are still in prison to this day. So, no, I'm clear on uh, a sizable percentage of black people don't participate in voting for nobody. But damn if I'm going to let those black people who do vote for somebody off the hook because they supporting the people that's basically behind all the killing and stuff that's been going on to black people all my life. Now they're working with them. Look, man, this is how family, this how deep this go. You had the minister of defense for the Black Panther Party here in Chicago. His name was Bobby Rush. Fred Hampton and Mark Clark get assassinated, right? Y'all saw the movie. Right, Bobby Rush is nowhere to be seen. He shows up at Operation Push a short time later and turns himself in, allegedly, to the police and get let go. But in the meantime, Fred Hampton and Mark Clark are very dead, murdered. Bobby Rush ends up in Congress on the side of the intelligence community and the damn police. And the other thing is, if you really paid attention, it didn't. It don't require no scholarship. If you paid attention to who started hollering and screaming today about Tucker Carlson showing that footage of no violence on the part of this dude with the with the headgear on, okay? If you notice, it was the top Republicans in the Senate and the Democrats the top Democrats in the Senate. So in other words, they're playing the average person for a sucker 
who can't see through the facade. It's like trying to tell me there's some difference between ABC and CBS. But yet, when I turn to ABC, what I hear is exactly the same thing word for word that I hear on CBS. And it doesn't matter what color face they got on there. They're all working for the same intelligence apparatus. And I don't even think we have to go through it anymore because we've already shown that these uh, so-called television stations are being run by the intelligence community. In the meantime, Beth, have you seen uh, the courts lately? Hmm. I haven't really been looking, but I don't think I have. I'm not. I I haven't been paying attention. Don't you find it interesting? (laughs) I mean, we're dealing with a court. The dude has disappeared again, Bill. I exist in the metaphysical realm, Bill, but I have to deal with the reality of what's going on, too. And I know people don't want to deal with reality, particularly us, Bill, our people. All right? I'm going to say it again. I can't tell you how many times I've heard we melanated. Well, what does that mean? That's my question to the family. Can y'all tell me what being melanated means? Because I've done extensive research on melanin and the properties of melanin. But I don't get what being melanated has to do with offsetting our behavior. And I can't get anybody to respond, Bear. I don't know what the problem is. This has been years now. Okay? I can't get anybody to respond. So that's my frustration. To respond to what? What is the other component besides melanin that basically gives you your spiritual essence? And if you do not have it in the uh, uh, proper amounts in your body, you can be black as tar, and it means absolutely nothing. We've talked about this for years. And we told, uh, we've even pointed out that when you do not have this stuff in, in the proper amounts uh, in your body, it affects your behavior. See, you can have too much melanin, and you can have too much of the other substance. So we pointed out that they begin, began to give the young people these SSRIs. See, I'm telling you what it is. Mm-hmm.
and it inhibits the production of this other substance that severely affects behavior. And I've been waiting for years for somebody to come on here since I keep hearing that word melanated, but I don't ever hear the other word. They work in conjunction. One is produced during the day, the other is produced during the night. They represent male and female, the duality. Or as, as is known in ancient chemistry, the duat. Thank you, Bear. Thank you. How come we can't ever get nobody? Because I hear people come on here and call and and call us melanated and this kind of thing. But I'd be damned if I've never heard anybody call in here and talk about serotonin. Why do you think that is, Bear? They all been programmed on the melatonin. Ah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. You hit a home run, Bear. And I didn't know you was capable of hitting a ball that far apart. <laughs> you knocked the <laughs> hell out of it. <laughs> so you see. And not only will you not hear it on this program, but I ain't heard it on nobody else's program that likes to spit out melanated. Because it's become nothing more than a a word used to exhibit a certain level of propaganda. Because most people have no clue about the inner workings of the human body. They hear these words being said. They hear these phrases being used, and they run with it. And I want somebody to check me and call me wrong because I would love to be. But you can't tell me. Okay, Don Lemon is melanated. Instead of serotonin, he got sugar in his mix. Now, what's that? What's that artificial sugar they call? It's not even real sugar. I, I'm not following you there. I'm talking about the fact that he's no, a flame and sister. That's what I'm talking about, too. I'm just being funny. I'm saying he's he not even pure <laughs> sugar. You know how they got the artificial sugars out there. You can, I oh, I know what you're them. talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like equal. You, exactly. That's, that's the artificial sweetness. About. Yeah, yeah. You see, but when you go expose these things, you should know what you're talking about. Otherwise, read up on it. Read up on it for yourself. Okay? Because I'd be lying to you. I sit here and tell you that in the 1980s, I knew what it was. I knew about melanin, but I didn't know about serotonin. 
I didn't know how important it was. I didn't know one was no good without the other. Because maybe that'll explain why young black men seem to just love killing other young black men and babies and damn near anybody else to get in their way. Maybe the uh, uh, the incorrect behavior is being exhibited because the level of serotonin is being manipulated in their bodies. We put that on the table years ago and put it on the table on this program. But I don't think there's any question, all right? And if anybody can, can dispute me, please, I'll bring you on right now. It appears that the most violent animal in this country, I said in this country, is young black men. Would you agree with that, Ben? Mm. I got some hesitation there. That's all right. Let's look at who's doing the killing. You tell me. And I'm a I black man, my damn are. self. Mm-hmm. I live in Chicago. Hundreds and hundreds of black people getting shot up on a day, on a yearly basis. I give you one guess who's responsible for 99.9% of all this killing that's going on in Chicago. Black male. Bingo. Not black female. Black men. Black boys. That's real. I'm talking in the thousands. Every year. See, that's a harsh truth that nobody wants to deal with because it's much more palatable if we running around here claiming we kings and queens and spiritual beings than to deal with the harsh reality that we got some issues that we need to take care of yesterday. Ourselves. No, because nobody else is going to do it. Nobody can. These are our, yeah, these these are our babies. That is correct. And we shouldn't look for nobody else to deal with it. See? Now, check, Bear, because what you just said was absolutely crucial. Can you repeat that? What I said, that these are our babies and offspring. Yes. Some of that power. Yes. Please repeat that, Bear. <laughs> it's they are us. That is correct. They come from us. That is correct. So who has the ultimate responsibility to deal with it? Us. You see? Now watch this, Bear. When you go outside of what you and I are talking about now on the real, we love our people. That's why I'm saying this. Okay? Because we love our people. When you go outside of this conversation, what's the predominant reason why black people are killing black people, Bear? 
What are the, the mainstream Negro black people in the media telling you is the problem as to why black people killing black people? Are they saying because of poverty? No, they don't say that no more because that don't work. They don't say that no more? Oh, well, what no, are they saying? Babe, babe, you don't get no poorer than me. Mm-hmm. I ain't killing nobody. I know a whole lot so of more poor saying, people. Are they saying I'm saying the what the predominant reason... I'm sorry, Ben? Saying because there's only a female running the home, the father's is not no, there. I know that no, was one of the things they were saying. No, but that ain't it either, Ben, because yeah. now they're pushing female head of households. They don't want, they got yeah. the women saying okay. they don't want no man. Right. Okay. So what is it? I'm, I'm talking the reason why they're saying that the behavior by black people is what it is today. You hear it over and over and over and over. It is the term used by these people to push their agenda. Racism. Thank you, Chapman. That ain't the word. That ain't it. But that's very Because they they hollering racism all the time. Yeah, but there's another word that they hot. There's another. Go ahead, Beth. Okay. No, I'm listening. There's there's another word that they holler more than racism. It's right there with it. They normally go together. Carbon. Climate change. No, no, no. Uh, no, what no. else they saying? What? Racism and white supremacy, Bev. Oh, okay. White supremacy. Okay. Whenever black people's behavior go <laughs> off the rails, they scream white supremacy. <laughs> that becomes the overall excuse for the behavior of black people today. You hear it at every single situation, right? Pick a situation. You may not hear racism, but you're going to hear white supremacy. Right? Yeah. So now, how do you repair young black people who are infected with this virus called white supremacy. Have you ever well, heard you anybody when you dealing with virus? I'm I'm sorry, man. No, I just say what do you do with, with when you're dealing with virus? Well, that's just a euphemism for it. The point is, Ben, you're never going to hear a remedy for it because that's not why it's being used. It's being used so that these black people that are running around here hollering and screaming white supremacy and racism don't have to deal with the problems. And like someone in the chat room saying they use that as an excuse to not take responsibility for self. 
That is correct. And that's us as a collective, you see. And we have bought into this propaganda. Because none of these people, pick any of them, Stacey Abrams, Obama, pick any of them. They all start slinging white supremacy in your face, but none of them have dealt with any of the, not one single problem. Not one. And they're not going to because they're there to push an agenda that does not include black people. So that's why, no matter what happens, six black police beat to death another black man, racism and white supremacy. Wait a minute. These are black cops, racism and white supremacy. Classic programming. This Stacey Abrams wants to go in March and picket on the fact that 21 white people got arrested for trying to burn down this uh, police academy. But she right there in Atlanta in one of the uh, outposts for Murder Central, Atlanta, Memphis, Chicago, and with particular emphasis, because as I said, for almost two years now, for some reason, I'm focused on Philadelphia. And now Philadelphia for the last couple of years has just exploded in crime. Well, what's the cause of racism and white supremacy? Well, can you can you dissect that for me so I can understand it? What do you mean, racism and white supremacy? 1619. Well, what has that got to do with the behavior of young black people today? Maybe it's something having to do with their physical makeup. Maybe it's genetics. Maybe it's substances that the uh, black parents have been taking, their offspring. These are legitimate avenues to go down. But when you tell me racism and white supremacy, all I can do behind that is scratch my head because it's not pointing the finger at anybody in particular. Because if you point the finger at somebody in particular, you know, slavery, well, who ran the slave trade? Who benefited from it? Who ran the plantations? How come we never get that? I'm going to tell you why. Because that's going to point the finger at the people that's basically financing these Negroes today. You follow me, Ben? We're following. You see, family? That's why they got to give you this amorphous thing called racism and white supremacy. Those are slogans that point the finger at no one other than those that you want, want to point the finger at. And at this point, they have decided that the face of racism and white supremacy is a Republican. Now, watch this, Bill. Watch this. I grew up in Chicago under the most, one of the most tyrannical, racist white boys in the history of this city. His name was Richard Daly. 
he's a damn Democrat. And everybody that was down there in the city council that was doing his bidding was Democrats. And they was kicking black folks' asses like a rubber ball. Racism and white supremacy. You got a guy that's running the Senate in this country. His name is Chuck Schumer. Okay? One of the biggest racists and white supremacists, but he would say he ain't white because he's Jewish. Well, damn, I thought Jews was white people. I can't tell the difference. Well, yes, you can with some of them. But a big piece of them, you can't tell the difference now. You mean to tell me that the slave trade was being uh, financed uh, by Jewish people? You mean to tell me that? You mean to tell me that the uh, plantation system was run by Jews? They were the owners of the plantations? Why, Why can't I get that? How come I gotta keep getting racism and white supremacy with no face on it? One thing I respect, family, this is why you hear me always mention that dude named Steve Coakley. And everybody that knew him would tell you the same thing. Well, what sets Steve Coakley apart from others? One thing. He named the names. Let me tell you something, family. I'll never forget when he talked about people like Lerone Bennett being Boule. This is when Boule first gets cracked open by this dude. And he begins to name the names of the people, the black people, that are nothing more than uh, door stoppers, all right? Uh, they in the way to make sure that whatever's going on in the black community, they know about it so they can report it back to their masters. Okay, you know, the foundations and people like that who somehow these people always manage to get the grant money, all right? So Steve Copley runs into that. He didn't know that he was going to run into people from the citadel, the citadel of of uh, so-called black thought here in Chicago, the, the Center for Inner City Studies, okay? He didn't know that's what he was going to run into, all right? But he did. Because a lot of the doorstopper Negroes, one of them just died a couple of years ago. His name was Conrad Worrell. Some of you around the country, if you've been engaged, you'll know who I'm talking about. And see, there was a network of these guys around the country in the black community. Okay? And it was funny how whenever something uh, went down in the black community, these same so-called activists, because that's what they referred to themselves as, which is why I re- always rejected that label. The gate stoppers, door stoppers. You know that little thing you put up under the door to keep the door from closing all the way? 
Yeah. Lockers. That's what they, they are. Lock people. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they come from the major universities. Okay, here, University of Chicago, the house that Rockefeller built. Okay? And I can't tell you how disappointing it is, so I know Steve felt the same way. I can't tell you how disappointing it is for people that uh, you may have been worked with, right, and had a level of respect for but then you start doing a little digging and you find out that these people are working with the system that you're working against behind the scenes. And as a young boy, I'm saying all this for a reason, family. As a young boy coming up in the 60s and 70s, I'm looking at these guys, and you see them on TV being interviewed, and if there's anything going on in the black community, they're involved with it. So it's normal for you to have a level of respect for these guys, right, because they're claiming to be anti-establishment. But then you find out that there's a no, a whole nother agenda Because back then, you would always hear these brothers talking about socialism. I'm talking about these are people in the so-called black power orbit. Oh, we, socialism is much better. Go ahead, Bill. I'm not saying anything. I'm listening. Okay. Because, see, you just didn't know that these people had a whole other agenda. So when I tell you, family, that much of the stuff that I'm hearing coming from the young people today, I was introduced to that stuff back in the 70s through some of these people and these alleged black institutions. Then you look up, and these people are knee-deep in the establishment. They push for one thing and one thing only, and they call it black empowerment. Right? Always black empowerment. You go to New York, because I know Conrad was hooked up with a, a lot of them brothers in New York. So socialism was always the goal, but it wasn't pushed as the goal overtly. It was housed in black political empowerment. So as I'm getting older and I'm starting to see things and I'm questioning why these guys ain't really doing anything outside of when an election come around, when the election come around, oh, they super black. And so I ask myself the question, if the system is white supremacy, where does black political empowerment fit within that? Oh, don't you dare come with no question that these intellectuals can't answer. Then you become an outcast. 
Steve Coakley had to leave Chicago when he found out that Boule was embedded in the citadel of so-called Black Thought, the Center for Inner City Studies, that they uh, subsequently called the Comedic Institute. They embedded with the black elite in this town. So all I'm doing is I'm just showing you how things morph and how black people have to be very, very careful if there's time enough to be careful. Okay? In terms of what we buy into. Because believe me, it's shocking for me today to hear young people running around talking about the same nonsense that I was almost indoctrinated with back then. And the one question that I always had, Bev, this, this always bothered me. So I used to say that people like Jesse Jackson and these Negro organizations, they were basically in place to manage poverty, not to eradicate it. They were there to manage it. so that it didn't get out of hand. And they did a good job of it. They did a damn good job of it. So I'm sure if you black, you got poverty managers in your town, Al Sharpton. Robert, that's why, why you call me? Let me tell you why, family. Because in the 80s, I kept asking these questions. How come there's no focus on the economic development in the black community? Why is there no, because see, one of the terms that they used all the time was economic self-determination. If you grew up in those days, you know what I'm talking about. From South Africa to South Philly, it was self-determination. What is the thing that gives you self-determination in the capitalist system, and for that matter, a capitalist world? Because that's the world we live in. Capital, right? Does that make sense? It's adding up. So why is it that everywhere I went, there was no major movement to mobilize our people outside of the nation of Islam, which basically checkmated itself with Islam. I'm not making a judgment on Islam. I'm telling you what the reality is in the black community. There's never been a major focus outside of the nation of Islam. And, of course, people say, well, you're forgetting garbage. For all practical purposes, Garvey never got off the ground. Well, what happened? They sent the boule at him. So why is there never been a focus by all these brilliant people on economics and forming a solid economic base in the black community? How, 
How is it that all these damn people that I grew up with, from Al Charlington to Jesse to you name them, they were all engaged in electoral politics? Which is giving you no power to do anything. And you see, family, I used to pose these questions on Black Talk Radio here in Chicago where I knew these people would be listening. My entire life, there was never, ever any pushback on what I just got through talking about. And to this day, there ain't no pushback on it. Well, Robert X, Brother Mike, Politics and economics is like hand and glove. No. Politics is the glove that protects the hand, the economics. If you ain't got no hands, what the hell you need with gloves? You ever seen a person that has no hand wear glove? So what the hell is politics protecting for you? Nothing. Nothing. And man, we get bent all out of shape. I mean way out of shape. Bev, you from Michigan. You know what I'm talking about. Every political season as I was growing up, here come the political thugs. They get paid money from the politicians to go out here and disrupt, beat up people, all this kind of nonsense every election breaking in people's ward offices, you know, all this kind of violence for something that basically had relatively uh, little to do with the outcome in terms of what was going on or what was going to go on in the black community. Look at Atlanta, family. Classic example. Bev, you can attest to this. 30, 40 years ago, Atlanta was considered the jewel for black people in this country. Yeah. And particularly that area where the black elite live in Atlanta. Today, they're talking about succeeding. They don't have nothing to do with Atlanta. Why? Because now it's become thug paradise. If you ain't a thug and a homosexual or lesbian, don't go there. Well, what happened? Black political empowerment. That's what happened. So you can imagine, family, as a young black man growing up in Chicago and surveying the political landscape, I made some people angry because I questioned the focus of the people who were supposedly supposedly in positions of leadership and authority in the black community. Where your degree come from? 
my temperature. That's where my degree come from. It's called 98.6. You want to raise it? That's a good one. I like that. So now look at the results. Look at the results. You got black folks all over the web. When you see us uh, uh, on so-called mainstream media outlets, you know what we're talking about? Politics. Hardly ever economics. They're not going to let you on if if you're not pushing their agenda. Bingo. And guess what, Bev? What we're saying is mm-hmm. you think what led you on back then unless you was pushing their agenda. <laughs> That's why all these yeah. Negroes was pushing the same thing. You see? Black power in a white supremacist system is an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. And that's across the board. It doesn't exist. It's never existed. Black political empowerment. There, people used to get so angry with me because I put necessary questions on the table that they couldn't answer, and they would just lose it, absolutely lose it. And that was during the time when everybody was wearing those daishikis and following with their fists raised, black power. And that, was, and that was because that didn't require nothing, Bill. That didn't require any work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All you needed was a a dryer to blow out your hair, blow out your fur. That's all. You know, put you a few trinkets on. But the work was never done. And they institutionalized the work never being done. I know because I went to all of the major black organizations and I asked them personally, what are we doing about black economic survival? Where are the institutes? I went to all the major black NAACP, Urban League, you name it, Operation Push, You name it, I went there. They looked at me like I was crazy. You know why? (laughs) Because they was getting their grant money, right? Yeah. So they had nice salaries, and all they were really compelled to do was to manage the poverty, and that's what they did throughout the country. Keeping it real, keeping it real. So, man, you don't dare talk about the realities of what got us in the position that we're in today. You don't dare do that. That's sacrosanct. 
Don't you dare talk about the responsibility of those of us that live in the black community and sit back and watch all this insanity take place and do nothing. Don't you dare. Don't you know we kings and queens? Absolutely unbelievable, Bear. Sometimes I wonder, what could the Nation of Islam have done had they not built a foundation on Islam or their particular version of Islam? If they had just focused on the economics, how much more successful would they really have been? It's a hell of a thing to ponder, family. That's why, Bear, uh, I feel like you're going to say mm-hmm. something. You're going to say something? Mm-mm. No, I'm listening like everybody else. Yeah, because you see, Bear, Coleman Young got elected over and over and over. But what was his major problem? They was pulling the money out the damn city of Detroit. Yeah. Go to Cleveland with Carl Stokes. Remember when he became one of them first black, first black males. Look at Cleveland today with black people. All right. Let's go to New York with David Dinkins, first black. What really changed? Nothing. And if you look at it, after them first blacks, the second and third and fourth blacks are even worse. The those ones that came <clears throat> came in after the first blacks, they was the, they was their people. Uh, they bordered on retardation, Bear. That's what they were. The they we were had, retard. The one, the one we had here was Archer, totally opposite of of the first black uh, person, mayor, or whatever the situation Correct. was. And bad. They've gotten worse. Yeah. Right. Since Coleman Young, progressively worse. Look at what we just got through dealing with here. After our first black. I'll say this about Harold Washington. He went to war against the economic powers in this city. He went to war against them, and it cost him his life. Okay? Because that good old boy network, that Democratic Party, had all the money sold up. They got the, the white people had all the city jobs and 
the few black people, they had their family members got shitty jobs and all this crap. And instead of them going in there and changing the situation, these black males just fit right in. They don't try to change nothing. They keep that same system in place. And here we had the same system, but we we had, it was all black faces. And that's the point, Bear. That is the point. See? We had black faces here. They called aldermen who would do whatever Richard Daly told them to do. They were called the Silent Six. It was six black aldermen. Them Negroes were so scared of Richard Daly that when you went around them, you could literally hear them shaking. It's like they they just couldn't stop shaking. The fear was so apparent in these Negroes. Now, you got these black so-called elected officials all over the damn place. And they're about as useful as a boil. I ain't mean it, believe it or not, Bear. I had no intention of talking about any of this. Hey, you you like you you put me in the mind of the preacher on the pulpit. He have his sermon all set out, but then he goes and talk about something totally different. That's where I am, Bear. <laughs> That's where I am. When the spirit moves me to tell the people some necessary truth, I just have to do it. Because too many of us are scared because you know. People don't want to lose they this is why I got problems with, with Utubians. Okay? Because mm-hmm. they scared that people gonna stop sending in those some donations. All of that. So they ain't gonna say certain things. No. It's past time that black people took control of our own destiny. It's high past time. Way past it. You see? I remember a family back around 1979, 1980, when the apartheid thing was hot on the stove and everybody was free South Africa and this kind of thing. And I remember, because, see, I didn't play no favorites. I remember there was a protest at the South African Embassy downtown here in Chicago. And it was being given by Operation Push. Now, I've been battling these people, these supreme Negroes at Operation Push. I had been battling them openly over the airwaves on black radio. was no secret. But when it came down to freedom for uh, that sector of black people, I didn't need nobody's permission to get involved in it. So when they went to protest, Jesse Jackson was right down there. I was right down there too. And guess what, Bear? 
led the cadence. Led the cadence. I'll never forget the cadence. Free South Africa, down with apartheid. Down there, right in the middle of Operation Push in one of their marches. So I never played the games. It was about the substance of what we were doing. And I would never ask any of these people to do anything that I wasn't willing to do myself. Michael Jihad can tell you, because uh, he went to me on with, went with me on several of these these uh, little junkets. We was going through public housing door to door, just talking to people, trying to get them organized, just to see if they would become involved in pooling our resources and dealing with it, building an economic base. Uh, for all our people, not just for no damn middle class, because I didn't play the class thing. So we went and got, man, I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of signatures of, of black people that uh, told me whether they did it or not. That wasn't the point. The point was we had basically laid the groundwork for uh, creating something that hadn't been done, and that was creating a black economic base. Poor people at the base of it. Okay? That's what we were about doing. So we got all these names, all these people. I took a lot of that information down to all these black organizations, showing them black people are ready. I know y'all like y'all scared of black people. You ain't gonna go in public housing. Cause the hallways smell like piss. You can't go in there. That's that's above you. That was like taking the uh, cure for cancer to the cancer society. Absolutely. You see, because we knew, based on research, what was coming, what was getting ready to happen in public housing. But now, if you didn't live in public housing and you lived in some of the middle-class areas that are now their family inhabited once they shut down the projects, they uh, put the people all over in those middle class areas and gave them Section 8 vouchers. Mm-hmm. And now those same used to be middle class areas are now gang infested. Areas where we would kill to be able to rent an apartment in some of these areas off the lakefront, this kind of stuff. Now you don't want to go near it. We took that information back to the Urban League and the NAACP. Them Negroes couldn't shut the doors in my face close uh, quick enough. Who gave you permission to go and talk to all these black people from Ockdale Garden which is on the uh, uh, north uh, northwest side to Cabrini Green. I'm sorry, Ogdale Gardens, which is on the southeast side to Cabrini Green, which is on the uh, northwest side. Who gave you permission to go and talk to all these poor black people? We didn't do it. So it ain't legitimate. And, Bev, I will come back on black radio 
and give the people a blow-by-blow account of what I encountered. Because when I first started going, I was going by myself. You know why? Because I ain't got no fear of black people. (laughs) I ain't never had no fear of black people. Maybe it's because I grew up in those projects. (laughs) And look, there were times, I'm talking 5 o'clock in the evening. You would think you were in a war zone. One day I went to one of the community leaders' homes. I forget this lady's name. They had a police station in the middle of the bill, in the middle of this uh, public housing complex, you know, Robert Taylor, 16-story high project. And, man, you would never have thought that the police station was right there in the middle of, of, of these buildings. The lady had to uh, tell me to get down on the floor because she lived on the second floor. So I'm in this lady's house, very well-known activist down there, and we got to literally get on the floor. To make sure we don't get shot sitting in our house. This is real. And I'm going to be honest with you. It never dawned on me that I could get shot because these were areas, that, uh, these projects, I didn't, I didn't grow up in that area. But I never drew the distinction between where I lived a mile away uh, and what was going on in Cabrini Green. I never drew the distinction. My one regret in life, Bear, was that we didn't finish putting in place corporate structure and the lending institution, the credit union operator. That's the one regret I got. I don't have any more regrets about the things that I I did. Uh, It cost, depending on what what your uh, uh, frame of thought in terms of what's valuable, it costs. Because you got to give up some things when you want to do things on the straight and narrow, when you ain't taking no grants and all this kind of stuff. Because you start taking them, and this is why, again, I appreciate people like Steve Coakley. Because I didn't know the United Way was a spy organization. I didn't know that. And most black people don't know that many of these so-called charitable organizations are nothing more than entrees of these people into monitoring the black community. They give you the money. You give them the information on what's going on in the black community. And then as I began to study more and more, now I began to see the real system of white supremacy and not this stuff 
because I used to always wonder, how come these guys ain't hollering and screaming about the University of Chicago? Why is that not taking place? And I have to add this uh, in honesty. Uh, I did go and speak at the Chicago Theological Seminary at the University of Chicago. I have to add that, and I'm going to tell you why, family, because there was a seminary student there, a sister, young sister. And she started, she heard me on the radio. She started coming out to my farm. And this sister always had questions. I mean, always had very nice, polite, soft-spoken sister. And I always had answers. Listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> she always had questions. And I never left her hanging. I always had answers. And it just got to the point that she had to have me to come over and speak at the Chicago Theological Seminary. And I went. And I started talking about the secret societies inside the Catholic Church. That was my subject matter there. And you should have seen those professors sitting there listening to this little young guy from public housing who didn't have $30 in his pocket. All right? Forget about $30 in the bank. That just didn't exist. And as you might expect, uh, like you, early on in the program, Bear, we hit it at the ballpark. Because <clears throat> it was all about truth and proof and being honest. And I let them know that uh, I've been beating the hell out of University of Chicago since I found out that they were one of the major players in urban removal. By the way, they still heavily engaged in urban removal, and it's the headquarter for Black Lives Matter, and much of the land that the so-called Blackstone Rangers and all them used to tear up back in them days, uh, the University of Chicago is buying it up for pennies on the dollars, and they are expanding like nobody's business. And all the great money. Go ahead, Bear. No, I just say in here is Wayne State. I know it. Doing the same thing. Because the universities are the uh, vehicles that they use to grab the land. You can look at the un- some of the universities here in Chicago, family, and they were sitting on small parcels of land. Look at them today. There's no real estate company in the city that has expanded more than these universities. It's unbelievable. 
So that's what you got. All right? That's who's pushing this world government agenda, the university. And I used to always tell people some of the most dangerous places in this country is not public housing. It's in the universities. I think uh, people can see that today. I'm not so sure they saw where I was coming from back then. But you can damn sure see it today. And it ain't just universities. It's the entire educational system now. Because they've expanded too. They've uh, expanded from the universities down through the high schools and the grade schools. And I don't know because I haven't seen one in a minute. But it wouldn't shock me if they were in the daycare center teaching the babies how to be good little Marxists, uh, lesbians and homosexuals. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. After all that, okay, now it's time for us to come down. (laughs) (laughs) And do our meditation, family. Okay. <clears throat> and hopefully I ain't talk so much that we can't wrap up tonight with chat GPT. Because I'm telling you something, family. What you just heard me uh going through was really chat GPT. This is God's people talking. That's what you hear coming from me. There's my heart speaking. I said. All right. This is God's people talking. And when we talk about God, I ain't talking about that Christian version. Okay. I'm talking about the God force, the very top echelon of the vibratory structure that exists throughout this universe. And if you vibing with me, you know what I'm talking about. Because you get a feeling that you don't get every day. I don't care if you come here and listen to things that I say on a consistent basis. There are certain times when I feel certain things and I have to say certain things that you feel it differently. And this is one of those times. So I'm talking about the God force. This is the God's people talking. This is us vibrating on the same level. Because I know the same things that I'm talking about, uh, some of the old timers in in cities around the country know what I'm talking about. Because that system, the real system of white supremacy is what I'm talking about here. To make sure that black people don't go nowhere but around in circles. And that's exactly what we've been doing. You know, have you chasing rainbows? Oh, I got to play that next week, Bear. You got to play that. Chase Blue. Uh, I think that's Blue Magic. And the one. Blue Magic. And the one that says go around in circles. Remember that song? Oh, that's Billy Preston. Yep. Um. Uh, there's another, well, I won't go into it, but yeah. 
I'm very familiar with Billy Preston uh, and a couple other songs. Uh, I got a song, I ain't got no melody. That's the song you're talking about. Will it go yeah. around in circles? Can you fly high like a bird up in the sky? Anyway, I uh, have to test my voice every now and then to see if I'm getting old. Because if I lose it, I know my vocal cords are, are changing. Them vocal cords start changing. That means you're getting old. Well, you still so, so got far, it. Yeah, so far I've been able to maintain my vocal cords. Anyway, let's go, family. And this time, since we since I did my preaching there, <laughs> we did mm-hmm. We sermon. had a sermon today. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> I told you, Bev, if I had it to do it all over again, probably be a real minister. Okay? I can't tell you uh, what religion, because I don't know. But I can tell you. Well, you still. Go ahead. You are a minister. You're the minister of the truth. Well, you don't have to have a church to be a minister. Yeah, yeah, a minister. But it would be a lot lot more serious, Bear, because I would probably, whatever religious perspective I came from, I would throw myself in it so I wanted to know all about it, everything I could about it, just like we do now, okay, with the information. Uh, Because when people ask me questions, I would never get pissed off about people asking me questions. And that's just one last thing, family. That's one of the other things that just pissed me off. As a young guy, you don't get mad because people ask you questions. If you're in a position where you can influence other people, you should never get angry if young people question you. And if you don't have answers for these young people, you need to go back to the lab and mix up some more concoctions. Because <laughs> what you have mixed up ain't quite working. But today, the damn politicians want to lock you up if you ask them questions. The leaders want a character assassinate you if you ask them questions. That should make you want to, that should make you ask even more questions. Bear, that's what really resolved me to start doing the research. Because I couldn't figure out why these people were so hostile to people asking them questions. That's really what set me off out here. That's what set me on my path. Because I could never get any answers. Why is there no economic uh system in place to deal with the problems of black people. Because we haven't put one in place. We're waiting After for all us. these decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. That's why that's my one regret, Bill. That's it. And I don't think I'm going to have time in terms of my lifespan, 
to put it in place now because there are too many other things. See, that, that would have changed our battle in how we fight the real system of white supremacy because economics is nothing but a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool. So you use that tool of economics, right, that hand, to put that glove, the politics, on that hand, right? Now you really got some hand and glove because the glove, the politics, is going to have to, is going to protect your hand when you got to do the necessary swinging that you got to do. So your politics should basically shield your economics. It protects your economics. If you ain't got no economic base in place, you wasting your time with politics, and you're damn sure wasting your time fighting the real battle of white supremacy because look at it, family. The real system of white supremacy, and if you've been listening to this program, you know what it is. We identify the people that's behind it all the time. Well, how are they able to exert the influence in the real system of white supremacy? Real simple. They just buy off every Negro they need and white people. Well, who controls that system? I ain't telling you. (laughs) Is it Old Testament? Of course it is. It's biblical. The money changes. The people that run the Federal Reserve, the people that run the banks, ever want to throw a wrench into the monkey system of white supremacy, that's what you got to focus on. You focus on that. That's right. And now, that's why they're putting the no money system in place, this so-called digital currency. Because once they get that down, and make no mistake about it, they are the ones that's doing it. I told you, family, when they put that thing in place, any talk of economic self-determination, you can holler and scream and bark reparations all you want. You mark my words. Okay? If they're going to give you some reparations, it's going to be within the, a, a prison structure. They're going to dictate everything you can do with it. We told you this before. Where you can go, when you can go, what you can buy, what you can't buy. So what's the hell point in having some so-called reparations and it's totally controlled by the same people that put your ass in slavery to begin with? It's real talk, family. Bev, I've been, uh, last night when I got off the radio, my nose mm-hmm. lay for over two hours. Wow. That's all right. No big thing. Because <clears throat> today it ain't bled at all. So okay. by the time I ate my dinner and, and uh, got my nose to stop bleeding, it was maybe 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm. And I mean well, it bleeds. Deal, you're dealing with that uh that moon energy, that force. Yeah. But you know what? 
see, I, I'm noticing mm-hmm. now over the last two or three years, every year around this time, right? The same thing happened last mm-hmm. year. I was having these okay. nosebleeds. I couldn't figure out what, right. you know, what they were coming from. And right. it's just the right. dry air in the house. Okay. okay. And because I got you have access, Yes, I do. But I didn't have it. I didn't have it uh, on. Okay. So, and, and remember there, I got this abscess. So I normally sleep with my window open. All right, to get fresh air if such a thing exists. But since I had this abscess, you know, my heating system goes on and off all night long, and that cold air will come in, all right, when that system, the heating system ain't kicked on. And, uh, man, now I got a problem because it activates the abscess. So... I got my only issues, but, you know, these are my issues, and I ain't crying to nobody about them because I'm a big boy, and I know I could go to the VA and get this taken care of, but y'all know that situation. Uh, So it it is what it is. I hate to use that phrase, but I'm going to use it. It is what it is. Life is some bitter stuff and some sweet stuff, and I'm going to deal with them both when they come along. So, you know, no, no big deal. I just dealt with it. I bled for two hours. <clears throat> I got up at 7 o'clock and went to sleep. It had to be around 5. I'm back up at 7. <laughs> so I don't know how anybody else is making it in this world. For me, it ain't never easy, but I ain't got no complaints because I've been dealing with shit the, uh, stuff the hard way for as long as I can remember. So it doesn't matter. There's more important things. We need to break through this magic shield that Klaus Schwab is using because I know we should have hit his ass by now. Okay? But again, these people are using magic. Believe me, family. Yes, they are. To protect themselves. I'm sorry, Beth. No, I think you're correct. They are using magic. Yeah, so... uh, one more week, this week here, we want to focus on Klaus Schwab. We want to meditate on this dude since we didn't have the sermon. Now it's time for our, our version of prayer. So we want to direct that negative energy back to Klaus Schwab. Okay? And let's see if within the next week or two, something doesn't happen to this guy. And like I said, family, when it does, you will know your real power. All right? Your power is in your spiritual enhancement, not your bank account. Okay? That ain't your power. And believe me, uh, it'll manifest itself. And if you ain't feeling it uh, today, man, I, I, I just don't know what to say. I know everybody ain't feeling it because, again, behavior is the best metric in which to measure the things that we're talking about. <clears throat> you can't love me and whoop my ass at the same time, all right? 
I don't care what nobody says. Well, mm-hmm. hey, that's what that's what when I used to get a whooping. It this hurts me just as much as this hurts you, but I got to do it. I'm trying to figure Absolutely. that out. How it hurts you? <laughs> no, no, that's that's a control <laughs> mechanism. That's the people that want to control you. You see, so mm-hmm. I ain't about controlling nobody outside of me. And I've never put any kind of constraints on people, particularly my women. I don't put no constraints on my woman. If you're my woman, why should I have to constrain you? No. I'm trying to do things to help you grow. I ain't trying to beat you down because if I beat you down, hell, I may as well beat myself down. What's the point? That's correct. No, I I ain't got that. I just never had that problem. Okay? Anyway... Let's focus on this demon family, Klaus Schwab. And now I know I'm going to have to go fast because I done talked my butt off tonight. It's a shame. <laughs> anyway, we got some good stuff for you tonight, family. Um, so what we want to do is we want to take three deep breaths through our diaphragm and our mouth. Wow. <clears throat> And after each deep breath, we want to put one of our fingers over one of our nostrils and slowly exhale out the opposite nostril. Not three times. We want to do that four times, two for each nostril. And what that does is that relaxes you, sends oxygen to your brain, right? And it makes you much more susceptible or much more able to focus on one particular thing once you're in the relaxing mode. And we want to focus on Klaus Schwab to send all that negative energy back to him that he's basically sending out all over the planet. Okay? So, I'm ready, family. Let's take our first deep breath. Right? Here we go. Finger over our left nostril, blow out slowly through our right nostril. One more time, inhale. Then go over your right nostril. Blow out slowly through your left nostril. One more time, inhale. Left nostril, blow out slowly through your right nostril.
One more time. Inhale. Through your right nostril, slowly through your left nostril. Now, and one one quick thing, family. If you ever have anxiety, you having problems sleeping. Watch this. Do that while you're laying down in your bed. Take your deep breaths, three or uh, a couple times for each nostril, and I guarantee you, within fifteen twenty minutes, you knocked out. If you can't sleep, if you have an anxiety, because now you're relaxed. Your breathing has changed, and it allows you to go to sleep in a relaxed mode. So now, let's focus intently, family, on Klaus Schwab, the butcher, and send all that negative energy back to him that he's sending out around the world. We're going to do that for two minutes. Let's go, family.
Wow. Amazing. Let me see that. Is that right? Wow, we went almost four minutes. I can go. Mm-hmm. I, I could go to sleep. Exactly. Bear. <laughs> I literally saw Klaus Schwab in silhouette. Mm. You know, normally, like, if you see a uh, a shadow with a, a light ring around the shadow all around, mm-hmm. that's how I mm-hmm. saw him this time, moving. Mm. Moving. The last time, I just saw his head. Like okay. a bust of his head. Right. And this time I saw his whole body. Unbelievable. Family. Anybody got any uh, notion that chat GPT uh, is going to be uh, a useful part of the human family going forward? need to probably go back and do a little bit more research on this thing because I think over the last few days we have just really put a lot on the table in terms of what people at the upper echelon who are actually dealing with this technology, uh, they're almost uniformly saying, no, we better deal with the problems that this thing uh can create, we better deal with this stuff now. But of course, you got the Bill Gates of the world. They want to go full speed ahead and damn the damage that this stuff does to people because he's about damaging people anyway. That's right. it. And their mantra. All right? But some of the stuff that this technology has done and talking with people is truly unbelievable. It is part of the overall plan to inflat in fact neutralize humanity. Okay? That's what the research is showing us. That this stuff is not benevolent. And as we pointed out yesterday, it refers to itself as a fallen angel. What? Hmm. Uh, uh, the little white boy must that they attacking on no end because he tired. Apparently, he tired on being. He tired of being on the dark side. So they coming at him. They looking for everything they can to neutralize this dude. And I think the, perhaps the coup de grace uh, was when he went to the, uh, not the World Economic Forum, uh, what was it, the, uh, yeah, in Dubai. Uh, oh, when they had that over there. Yeah, yeah just Somebody a couple weeks ago. Right, yeah. Yeah, uh, he went there and told them that y'all trying to put this one-world government thing in place, but historically, the one-world government has meant nothing but problems for the people of the world. Maybe it ain't a good idea to have everybody uh, trying to do the same thing at the same time. And here's why, family. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. 
No, they they looking at they the ones that they going the puppeteers that's going to be controlling this one world, and that's what they're looking at. Well, Bill, when we left last night, I said we were going to open up the day with this particular article just mm-hmm. to highlight okay. what you just said. And it's from the Gatestone Institute, and it's titled The World Economic Forms, AI Enslavement is Coming for You. <laughs> the World Economic Forms, AI Enslavement is Coming for You. Okay. And here's what they say. They say the mission objective of the World Economic Forum is remarkably simple. The smartest, best people in the world should rule everyone else. In World Economic Forum parlance, their schemes of total supervision and behavioral modification will create a sustainable future for humanity. Humans become nothing more than things to be counted, shuffled, categorized, tagged, monitored, manipulated, and controlled. They become nothing more than cogs in the World Economic Forum's great transhumanist technocratic machine. They say, when Sir Thomas More wrote his socio-political satire, fictional island society in a new world. He gave it the fabricated name Utopia, derived from simple Greek and meaning no place. No place. Although Moore was humorously telling his audience that his idealized community existed nowhere, Centuries of central planners chasing the fantasy of utopian societies have failed to get the joke. Worse, for every peaceful religious community seeking separation from modern civilization, there's a power-hungry tyrant seeking to impose his will upon everybody else. It seems as if not a generation goes by when some megalomaniac does not rise to proclaim, quote, if only the world does exactly as I demand, I will deliver you paradise here on earth, unquote. Usually, these same narcissists go down in history remembered as either vainglorious, buffoons, or bloodthirsty tyrants, or both. Today, Klaus Schwab rises as the leader of the World Economic Forum to promise a great reset for the human race. He envisions a future utopia achieved through technological precision, centralized management of Earth's resources, careful observation of citizens. They used to call that spine, okay? and centralized management of earth resources. That's the Trilateral Commission, okay? Uh, technological precision, that's the technocracy, okay? And <clears throat> the merger of human and artificial intelligence, 
and the monopolization of government power by a small professional class with recognized expertise. Although the World Economic Forum has spent the last 50 years organizing conferences, publishing policy proposals, and connecting global leaders in the industry, banking, information technology, intelligence gathering, military strategy, and politics, its mission objective is is remarkably simple. The smartest, best people in the world should rule everyone else. Separated from all its pretensions about saving the world from unchecked population growth and the climate apocalypse, the World Economic Forum is nothing new. Its foundations have been around at least since the time of Plato. When two and a half millennia ago, the Greek philosopher proposed that the ideal city-state would be ruled by philosopher kings. Just as Plato surveyed the world and predictably concluded people from his own vocation should logically govern everyone else, the World Economic Forum's global elites have come to a strikingly similar determination. Far from advancing anything forward-looking or modern, Schwab and his acolytes walk in the footsteps of an ancient Greek. For half a century, the Forum's members have been on a quest to devise the perfect global government without any say from Western nations, voting populations, and to no one's surprise, those same philosopher kings have nominated themselves to do the ruling. How convenient. As is true of almost all visions of utopia, the World Economic Forum's New World Order will be remarkably centralized. Experts on climate change will determine what kinds of energy may be used by businesses and consumers. Experts on sustainability will determine what foods humans may eat. Experts on disinformation will determine what kind of news and which side of a debate may be known and promoted. Experts on health care will determine how many times each citizen must be injected with ever newer vaccines, whether citizens must be kept in lockdown for their own good, and whether face masks must be worn to prove continuing compliance. Experts on extremism will determine what kind of speech is harmful. Experts on racism will determine which groups in society have unfair privilege. Experts in inequality will determine whose property must be taken and which groups the state should reward. Experts in whatever the states require will determine that the state is acting reasonably every step of the way. However, freedom of thought, freedom of speech, 
individual rights and other personal liberties will mean little in a world economic forum constructed future running on philosopher king approved expertise. At no time can an individual needs, wants, or concerns be allowed to obstruct the greater good. This is Schwab's drab vision of utopia. Should he and the World Economic Forum clan pull it off, they will do so by using technology feeble rather than empower the human race. Already, people have become familiar with the new terms of their future enslavement. Central bank digital currencies will allow governments not only to track every citizen's income and purchase history in real time, but also limit what a person may spend depending upon government-determined social credit scores, perceived infractions of the common good, or perhaps unfair possession of systemic privilege. Digital vaccine passports will not only provide universal tracking of every person's movements, but also ensure stick-and-carrot compliance with future mandatory orders during declared health emergencies. Personal carbon footprints measuring each individual's culpability for so-called man-made climate change will have the effect of recording everything a person eats and everywhere a person goes while constantly nudging each citizen with digital rewards or penalties to modify behavior toward the government's preferred standards. It should go without saying that when any government possesses such omnipotent powers, invasions invasions of privacy will only expand. The declared health emergencies will become only more numerous, and the government nudging will become only more intrusive. If this sounds more dystopian than utopian, and every bit like an unwanted prison overseen by unaccountable government agents, that's precisely what it is. World Economic Forum zealots do not even hide their intentions anymore, already going so far as to push the construction of smart cities or 15-minute cities in which tens of millions of people can be relocated, live side-by-side in small apartment complexes, and move through a constant maze of entrances and exits accessed solely through digital ID verification and approval. In essence, the goal is to create a digital panopticon, implementing all of the surveillance programs above to provide future rulers with absolute control while leaving everyone else in a permanent state of docile incarceration. In World Economic Forum parlance, such schemes of total supervision 
and behavioral modification will create a sustainable future for humanity. No doubt, prison wardens feel much the same way when convicts are kept behind bars in rows of secured cages. The difference is that in the World Economic Forum's utopia, no crime must be committed to reach Schwab's unjust rewards. So you ain't got to commit no crime to get what they're going to give you. Uh, the fact that you're alive and in prison is your reward. Okay? Because believe me, family, uh, euthanasia ain't nothing but a word for these people. They are going to remove people off the planet based on behavior. They go on here to say, now, if Westerners appreciated just what's coming their way, they might go apoplectic and resist the World Economic Forum's New World Order. For this very reason, the most important war being waged today is one that's never discussed openly in the press the covert war on information. When people are allowed to openly debate ideas in the public square uh, that, free, that free market of ideas will go where the people debating those ideas take them for government narratives not only to survive but also to, de- to dominate all dissenting opinions. Government allied platforms must tilt the scales of free speech in their favor by ridiculing, censoring, or outright criminalizing thoughts and words of dissonant minds. In any other market, such intentional interference would be considered anti-competitive collusion in violation of antitrust laws. But because the World Economic Forum's acolytes treat competing free speech as dangerous misinformation, the free market of ideas has been transformed into a controlled, safe space for the government's friends. Now, I know, family, you're probably hearing all these words being thrown around, okay? Public sphere, okay? And that uh, so-called, that word or that phrase, so-called safe space, let me tell you something, fam. See, this is why I want black people to get outside this country and go to other countries and start talking about you got some safe space. Okay? Because you're living in a dream world. It may not be all your own fault. Maybe you're being programmed, and that's why you hear people running around as if somehow they feel that they got some uh, space that they've claimed for themselves, and nobody else can be within that space. Let me tell you something, family. The only space that you got that you can claim is yours is that space that you pay for. Outside of that, you have no space, all right? And that space is called your home or your apartment. 
when you go outside of that those domiciles, there's no such thing as no safe space. You're sharing space with everybody else that's in this called public space. The same applies for speech. All right? If you don't want to hear what other people have to say, walk. Get to stepping. Okay? That's how that works. You don't get to dictate what people can say and what they can't say because you don't want to hear it. You get to leave or move. Okay? That's how this works. They're going to say, what happens when government ambivalence toward free speech is combined with the amoral technocratic force behind the World Economic Forum's plans for global utopia? Well, as Schwab recently proclaimed at the World Government Summit, that's it. That's it, family, the World Government Summit in Dubai when discussing artificial intelligence, chatbots, and digital identity of, quote, who masters those technologies will be the masters of the world, unquote. And you may recall, family, uh, that's one of the articles. Matter of fact, I got it right here that we highlighted at the very beginning of this series when Tut was with me. And the name of that article from the Epoch Times is those who master artificial intelligence, synthetic biology, will be the master of the world. Klaus Schwab. Okay. Let me get a drink of water here. Now I'm dodging hiccups. We used to say you groin when you had the hiccups. Well, if I'm still growing that damn is seventy bed, y'all in trouble. <laughs> hey, you you growing mentally Spiritually, uh, not okay, just only physically. It. I'll take it. Anyway, let's go on. They say, oh, um, if the World Economic Forum controls the digital controls the digital world, then it will essentially control the people. Once the stuff of science fiction. World Economic Forum technocrats even have a plan to hack into employees' minds by monitoring and decoding their brain waves. Let me let me read that again. They say once the stuff of science fiction, World Economic Forum technocrats even have a plan to hack into employees' minds by monitoring and decoding their brain waves. See, this is where your phone this is where your phone and 5G and 6G comes in, family. Okay? They say Remember Google is the on guy. board. I'm go sorry, Bear. Go ahead. No, just go ahead. Okay. They say Google is on board with such thought control. It's declared its in, intent to expand a pre-bunking program meant to immunize people against what Google sees as, as propaganda or misinformation by indoctrinating unsuspecting internet 
users with Google's own home-brewed yet approved propaganda. By manipulating Google's users without their knowledge, the search engine behemoths can ward off competing ideas. They say Microsoft founder Bill Gates feels the same way. In an interview with a German newspaper, the self-styled vaccine expert argues that AI technology should be used as powerful tools to combat digital misinformation and political polarization. This comes on the heels of a recent discovery that Microsoft has already been using a British think tank. Look this up, family. Global Disinformation Index. Global Disinformation Index to secretly blacklist conservative media companies in the United States and prevent them from generating advertising revenue. The kicker is that the U.S. State Department has been funding GDI's disinformation work through taxpayer funds to the National Endowment for Democracy, NED. Here, here they go again, Bear. If you go and look up the National Endowment for Democracy, you'll find a trail of blood that that leads you to it. It's like the Agency for International Development. Okay, over the all over the world. Okay, uh, financing and participating in the overthrow of people's government governments that don't want to go along with them. So they say the State Department, which is the CIA, has been funding uh, the Global Disinformation Initiatives. I'm sorry, Global Disinformation Disinformation Indexes uh, Disinformation Work through taxpayer funds to the National Endowment for Democracy and its own Global Engagement Center which are then transferred to GDI before GDI launders the tardy viewpoint discrimination back to Microsoft and other companies behind a thin veil of objectivity. Okay, so you notice they're using the British to spy on the people here because that's against the rules. So they go to the five, five eyes to get them to do what they know is illegal for them to do in this country. Okay? That's what they're talking about here. They say, following the World, Econ- following the World Economic Forum model of creating an all-powerful partnership between private industry and government authority. Now, let me stop right there for one second just to, again, reiterate that back in the 80s, we identified that as a public-private partnership. Whenever you see that term being used, you know this is world government, and this is what the intellectuals use all the, t- all the time, or the people 
that's been trained and programmed to get the grant money. Pub- Public-private partnership. Okay? No such thing. They say, uh, powerful partnership between private industry and government authorities, Microsoft and the State Department. So Microsoft and the CIA have figured out how to undermine dissent by having third-party organizations, GDI, okay, Global Disinformation Index, label all such speech as harmful disinformation on its dynamic exclusion list. Dynamic exclusion list. Likewise, publicly funded news outlets throughout the West, including Germany, Canada, Switzerland, and Belgium, are working together to develop online-based solutions to target hate comments and increasing disinformation. What could possibly go wrong when state-controlled institutions collude to control the disinformation of information? As former Twitter trust and safety executive, Yor Roth said in testifying before Congress, quote, unrestricted free speech paradoxically results in less Speech, not more. Y'all probably remember seeing this dude. Old Testament flaming homosexual who wants children to be able to hook hook up with this homosexual and kink websites so they can raise them. Your Roth. Okay? Unrestricted free speech. Results in less speech. From this Orwellian double-speak standard, the clear line separating protections for free speech from outright censorship is whether the speaker articulates points of view in agreement with the World Economic Forum's ruling coalition of big tech titans and government authorities or not. In Schwab's utopia, there's no room for truly uh, free speech. And family, let me add this. There, there were two series done, Sister Bear, if you might recall, titled Utopia. Okay? It's one of the best two series you'll ever watch. The second one was produced uh, right here in Chicago. Right, with a bunch of young people. Uh, I, it is highly recommended that you watch both versions. I know many people did, okay? And found it quite interesting. Utopia. They say, what happens when the job of censoring the public is placed entirely in, in digital hands of artificial intelligence? Even though some political leaders have cautioned that AI could be an existential threat to humanity, technology pioneers such as former Google chief executive uh, Eric Schmidt admit that AI-powered computer systems should be seen as 
every bit as powerful as nuclear weapons. This is is Eric Schmidt. The the rush toward AI-constructed utopia is full speed ahead. That should give anyone a sound mind troubling pause. After all, the cognitive biases of big tech elites such as Gates, Schmidt, and others will almost certainly translate into digital biases for any any artificial intelligence. No, it's not bias on the part of these technologies. It's an agenda being put in place, and bias is just a part of it. Don't make bias the central focus. No. It's technocracy, transhumanism, people removal, and nullification. They say chat GPT, an AI software program launched late last year, is already scaring the bejesus out of people with its overt political bias. In one instance, the AI concluded that using a racial slur was worse than allowing a city to be annihilated by a nuclear bomb. In another, the AI justified the suppression of Trump voters as necessary to defend democracy and prevent the spread of dangerous speech, while simultaneously arguing that AI should not be used to to suppress the free speech of Biden supporters. So stop Trump people from speaking, call them racist and white supremacists. But a person with a 50-year documented racist and white supremacist worldview consider his supporters good and do not suppress them. 50 years of documented racism. They say, meanwhile, no sooner had some experiment, experimenters gained access to Microsoft's new AI-powered chatbot then uh, the synthetic brain started threatening people. These troubling early signs give credence to Smith's warning that AI should be regarded as equally and inherently dangerous as nuclear bombs. Where he and other World Economic Forum allied global elites differ from from the scientists involved in the Manhattan Project is in their seemingly urgent desire to turn these awesome AI weapons directly against Western people. Clearly, if Schwab's World Economic Forum intends to usher in an all-powered utopia where he can be the master of the world, then he has little use for human beings. In a very real sense, humans become nothing more than things to be counted counted, shuffled, categorized, tagged, monitored, manipulated, and controlled. They become nothing more than cogs in the world economic forms, great transhumanist technocratic machine 
used for a time, but ultimately a burden to feed and house and logically ex- logically expendable. That's why, family, we have been meditating on this dude for the last few sessions, okay? But he ain't alone, you see. As, as they stated over and over, now was the perfect time for them to push their agenda since what they had been able to do was to use the military, right? Uh, and by the way, that was admitted today, family, in testimony in the house, right? Stay tuned tomorrow. Watch the, watch the media or some of the media tomorrow. Pay attention because one of the scientists at the high, highest levels working directly with the people involved in gain of function admitted today in house testimony that they were ordered to do the gain of function by the Pentagon. Uh-oh. But what does that mean? Because he was working directly with Fauci. Right. That means... Go ahead, Bear. No, I'm just saying, right. You heard about it? Even. Uh, no, I saw a little bit of it. I haven't sat there and seen the whole, the whole thing. I saw yeah. bits of it. Yeah, that that changes everything because he worked directly with Fauci. So what that means is Fauci has lied on several occasions before Congress. He can't get out of this. Okay. They can choose not to prosecute him, but he can't get out of it. But the overall important thing is what we said last week or week before last. The Pentagon is running all of this. Okay? When you hear people say DARPA, that's the Pentagon. Family. Let's expand on it. See? Because see, Bear. I'm going to go right in your wheelhouse to what you have been talking about for quite some time. And I'm saying, no, 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 Bev. I know about all the technology. I've been studying this stuff since the 1980s in terms of the technology used to manipulate people. I know about all this stuff, but we still got to have a level of personal responsibility. Otherwise, we become victims of it and can't do anything about it. This is for you, Bear. Mm-hmm. U.S. intelligence has, has a proven interest in mind control. Its connection to big tech should concern us all. Let me read that again. U.S. intelligence has a proven interest in mind control. Its connection to big tech should, con- should concern us all. Concern us all. Check, fam. This is from LifeSite News. 
com. They say U.S. intelligence agencies have a proven interest in mind control. They've spawned numerous, often horrific pro- projects for the manipulation of thought and behavior, as Robert F. Kennedy Jr. recently pointed out. Such efforts at control have ranged from producing robot-like acquiescence to specific demands via the CIA's supposedly halted Project MKUltra to misinforming the masses Operation Mockingbird. While the potential to influence our thoughts directly through nanotechnology is deeply concerning, there's already a rich opportunity to shape the thoughts of the masses through a mechanism used by the great majority of the population, social media. Did y'all hear that? And while it hasn't been disclosed whether any U.S. intelligence agency has a program to influence the masses via social media, there might as well be such a project. Connections between big tech and U.S. intelligence agencies are now well documented from the scores of former CIA, NSA, and FBI employees who went on to work for the tech giant to the agency's demonstrated attempt at social media censorship. There was their suppression of scandalous revelations about Hunter Biden's laptop. They say, these intelligence tech ties have rightly provoked concern over the government's collection of intimate internet gleaned deep details about each of its citizens, which is disturbing enough in and of itself. It's all the more distressing when one considers the ways this info can be weaponized at will, such as through a social credit score system. But most of us engaged in, have engaged in enough online activity for Google, Facebook, and the government to amass scary detail, the scary detailed profile of each of us, including psychological insights, our relationships, our vulnerabilities, etc. They say, while we can and should take steps to minimize this, the biggest problems we have to contend with at this point are the ways in which our thoughts are being influenced by content deliberately shaped and pruned by U.S. intelligence. This is a problem that will only worsen in the future, and its very existence is admitted by the CIA's venture, cap- venture capital arm, NQTEL, which recently predicted that social media virtual reality continue 
these hiccups, let me get another drink of water here. Friend. These hiccups just don't want to go nowhere. Everyone, uh, don't forget to uh, donate to Dr. Robert X GoFundMe. And his GoFundMe page is on the Truth to Power page. So uh, he's taking his time out to give us this information. So please support. This is everything that we talked about, Bear. These two articles alone, all right, should make us step back from all of this uh, love affair some of us seem to have with this social media thing. Because as we've told you for years, all right, it is not what you think it is. Okay, it's an information gathering apparatus. Period, paragraph that will subsequently be used not just as a programming tool, okay, but to uh, actually uh, become a means of behavior modification, dictating your behavior, and that's what it is, okay. They say, let me go back and read that last piece again. They say, this is a problem that will only worsen in the future. And its very existence is admitted by the CIA's venture capital arm, NQTEL, which recently predicted that social media virtual reality continuum, quote, the metaverse could become the ultimate tool of persuasion. Or the most interesting, okay? They say, if you have any doubt as to who will will be persuading whom in the metaverse, Incutel continues, quote, for the national security community to operate in the metaverse, it needs to be involved in its development, unquote. They say, So we need to ask, how is the national security community already influencing Google searches on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds, and on YouTube, for example? Facebook admitted in 2018 to voting individual posts reported by Facebook users and rated as false by fact checkers or by discredited organizations that serve a narrowly defined agenda of the national security state. Meta added that, quote, this means they lose around 80% of any future views, unquote, and that they, quote, also demote pages, and domains that repeatedly share false views, unquote. They're going to say, as Peter Schweitzer, president of the Government Accountability Institute, has pointed out, quote, the problem with this, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know ultimately what information you're not getting. And they're giving you this sort of facade that, They're giving you the best. They're giving you the most accurate. They're giving you the most informative. And the bottom line is that simply is not true. 
exacerbating this problem is the reliance of a wide swath of the population on Internet content, not just the news, but information in general. Dwindling attention spans fostered by the Internet itself are making it harder for many to engage in the slower, deeper processing involved in book reading, which remains a rich alternative information source, especially outside the confines of mainstream book chains. Okay? Now, I'm going to skip some of this. And go here because they're going to give you an example of what happened with United Airlines and its employees. Okay, <clears throat> but you can pick up the article and read it for yourself. They're going to say the type of censorship that big tech is engaged in, essentially at the behest of intelligence agencies, is clearly not in service of a real national security objective. Far from inciting violence, the voices that are being suppressed are deeply pro-life, pro-family, and promote principles of, of subsidiarity, basic human rights, and prosperity. Meanwhile, the most frivolous imaginable content is promoted by big tech. And let me add this, family. It's also being promoted by your government. That's why you see all the dysfunction that you see in government, it's not accidental. It's being done by design, family. That's why you got the cheer pet, little Negro lesbian midget, right, as his press secretary, and look like she just walked out of a horror movie. Can't talk, right? Everything is, I'm the first Negro lesbian to be uh, a press secretary. That's why you see the nasty little kinky white boy get promoted by Biden into the nuclear regular uh, ag- nuclear regular regulatory agency, and then he gets caught stealing women's drawers uh, and bras and stuff, stealing their clothes and wearing them. <laughs> That's why you've got this being done. All a psychological move to get you to accept anything as normal. You want to say something, Bear? Uh, I was just thinking a bunch of Looney Tunes. That's just about right, Bear. But that the more outrageous it is, the more they're going to promote it. Mm-hmm. You see, that's why you got all these dysfunctional politicians. That's why they're there. The most illiterate people you've ever seen in your life, yet they're lording over the people. I said yesterday, it's obvious to anybody with, you don't need but one warm brain cell to listen for five minutes to Ocasio-Cortez and tell me she's not retarded. Because in her mind, anybody that criticizes her, that's a particularly a male, just want to have sex with her. 
straight retard. But again, it's all being done by design, and that's basically what Biden represents. That's what he represents. A total incompetent doofus running around as the president and can't even hold his bowels in, Bear. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It's totally unbelievable unless you understand it. Then it becomes extremely believable. And his wife comes out and says he doesn't have any kind of mental problem. When doctors are running around saying this man needs to be removed from office because he's a liability because he can't think, it's obvious. Let me keep going. They say, imaginable content is promoted by Big Tech. Similar in style to major network television. Uh, Y'all can think of any of the Housewives programs. Uh, I saw a little commercial uh, online for one of them today called uh, Yellowstone or something. It's the most ridiculous shit. I mean, stuff I've ever seen. Okay? Recreating reality. They call it reality TV, but it's exactly the opposite. Okay? And people are so brain dead, they actually sit up and watch that as entertainment because they cannot conceive that they're being programmed to accept all of this dysfunction as normal. They don't understand it. The programming works. Okay? And the next thing you know, you'll see some idiot out here running around sucking a dog's Tail. I'm not exaggerating, family. That's what this is all about. They say, uh, pornographic music videos, all right, alongside uh, other typical liberal tropes. And for the intellectually curious, there, there is nihilistic soul-crushing, full-on Marxist content like the school of life to discourage faith, monogamy, and families and foster mental illness. Most conspicuously, Big Tech has uniformly censored and suppressed information that even questions the mainstream narrative about COVID-19 and its response measures, as well as any voices questioning the integrity of the 2020 presidential election. Notably, critics accuse the official COVID measures as worsening physical and mental health, as well as curbing constitutional rights, dramatically expanding the powers of the state, and even causing fatalities via the mRNA vaccine. From observable trends, we can gather a disturbingly sinister objective by the U.S. intelligence intelligence sway big tech. That is, keep the people intellectually stunted, distracted, fragmented, and isolated, fearful, 
mentally ill, limited number, limited in number, and under control. That's exactly what they're doing, family. They say the battle for our minds is not the most immediate, terrifying aspect of the marriage between big tech and the security state, but it's the most important one. At best, it lulls us into mediocrity with time wasting. At worst, it harms and even kills the soul by catering to our lesser nature. Uh, That's low-frequency vibration. It provokes envy, pride, lust, greed, and anger. Now, they go on to say, reclaiming our minds from big tech involves, in part, doing without it as much as possible. Okay? Check it out, family. If you want to reclaim your mind from big tech, you got to learn to do without it as much as possible. Because, and not uh, least of all, because the Internet, and especially social media, tends to rewire our brain's attention span and depth of processing for the worse, as Nicholas Carr argues in his book, The Shallows. They close by saying this. Many of us, uh, for many of us, part of the problem is that we see social media and technology as neutral platforms because they're tools that can be used for good or evil. But in reality, they have such a heightened capacity for distraction and self-gratification that we cannot treat them as neutral. For many of us, they are seductive, even poisonous. In its every aspect, we must be honest with ourselves about tech slash social media's psychological and spiritual effects. It may be detrimental for our souls to keep on top of of current events daily. The time we take to unwind with a harmless video or even with educational content may easily get out of hand. We can pick alternative ways to fill to fill our waiting time, like prayer and reading, as as LifeSite Matt Lamb has suggested. Finally, by the grace of God, we should always remain firmly determined to be the master of our technology and not its slave. See, I know it sounds like I'm crazy at times, family, where I'd be going off on this uh, social engineering media, okay? But I'm one of the earliest and probably long, long-term detractors of it, okay? Earliest, warning people about what it's really doing. 
And I know I'm running I done ran out of time. Stanley. Because uh, I ran my mouth earlier, and I haven't even got to hardly any of this stuff, as usual. So I'm just going to have to go add ahead. it in. Uh, you can uh, add a, a – we got some more time because we don't have a lot of hands raised. So we can okay. use that Good. time to finish. Excellent. Let's go here, family. Because, again, the only reason I, I warn you about this stuff is because – I've been fortunate enough, if that's the word to use, to see through it way ahead of a lot of other people, all right? That's only because I got a background in a lot of this technology going way back. And I peaked a long time ago that this stuff is not about empowering people. It is truly about enslaving people at the mental level. And it doesn't matter that uh, whether you believe me or not, it's it's manifesting itself. It's going to show itself to be just what it is, all right? Just like, and I'll, I'll probably close with these two articles, because, Bev, this is still me running my mouth a lot, so I'm, I'm getting a little tired here, but let me go here. This is from Zero Heads, all right? Because I'm telling you, the reason they're talking about Chatbox GPT being sentient is because that's where they're heading, all right? That's That's where they are heading. And once it gets there, it's totally over. Because it's going to be in everything. Well, why do I say that? Because people like Bill Gates is behind it. The money changers are behind it. And these people think, as one of the prior articles stated, that this world belongs to them because they're rich. It has nothing to do with their mental capabilities. They are not the smartest people on the planet. They are some of the richest. They just hire the smart people on the planet. You see? Well, Bill Gates and people like Klaus Schwab, as smart as they want you to think they are, There's no way in hell he would have got caught up with Jeffrey Epstein having sex with little girls. That's not a smart person move, particularly for an old-ass man. That's not very smart. All right? Google to roll out chat GPT rival powered by sentient AI. Google to roll out chat GPT rival powered by sentient AI. This is what Tutmos was talking about uh, last week. This is from Zero Head. Here's what it says. At the end of November, OpenAI 
launched ChatGPT, a chat box that's incredibly useful and incredibly racist against white people, hates Donald Trump and Republicans in general. Last week, OpenAI expanded its partnership with Microsoft around a shared ambition to responsibly advance cutting-edge AI research and democratize AI as a new technology platform. So AI is going to give you some democracy. Or is it demonocracy? Google, which declared a cold red over chat GPT, is rolling out a rival. The new system, BARD, is powered by Lambda. Lambda, which means the language model for dialogue applications. The large language model that stirred controversy in May when a Google software engineer publicly asserted that the AI was sentient. I'm sure some of you remember when that happened last year because we talked about it here. Okay. They say, quote, it's a really exciting time to be working on these technologies as we translate deep research and breakthroughs into products that truly help people, unquote, wrote CEO Sundar Pichai. This is the dude that said people in this country don't have no free speech. You can't have no free speech, okay? Uh, no freedom, not for you. And he ain't even indigenous to the country. He's a, he's a damn Indian from India. But he's a Negro Indian. Okay? They go on to say, Blake Lamont, who was fired from Google's responsible AI organization, began interacting with Lambda as part of his job to determine whether artificial intelligence used discriminatory or hate speech. Quote, if I didn't know exactly what it was, which is this computer program we built recently, I think it was a seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid that happens to know physics, unquote, said Lemoyne. When he started talking to Lambda about religion, the AI began discussing its rights and personhood. Lambda convinced Lemoyne to change his mind on Asimov's third law of robotics, which states that a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law, which are that a robot may not injure a human being, or through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. 
they're talking about Isaac Asimov's family, considered one of the godfathers of robotics. They say, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Google's bars will be a lightweight lightweight version of Lambda. BARD helps explain new discoveries from NASA's James Webb Space Telescope to a nine-year-old or learn more about the best strikers in football right now and then get drilled to build your skills. That's according to Pachai. The only question is, how much more woke will it be than chat GPT? You see, family, they trying their best to dress this thing up as, well, it'll write a paper for you. Okay, and what? What does that mean? That means you don't need to use your thinking skills. It'll do the thinking for you. And at the same time, it's gathering more and more data to put itself in a position to become sentient. And one of the best things that they can use to accomplish that, family, because you know, uh, I want to hear somebody put the scriptures in there, because you know these people are anti the Bible, right? Uh, If you try to quote the Bible in many cases on YouTube, they will kick you off the platform. This is real talk. And I'm not a Christian. Okay? But again, that's one of the proclivities of the money changes, the people that got their asses thrown out that temple. That's, by the way, in your head. Okay? Because they have proclivities of thinking that their God constructs. Okay? So here's this bastard, Bill Gates, now saying he wants to use AI to help solve digital misinformation. See, because he's benevolent. Same guy that want to give you some satanic stuff up under your skin so they can track you because it glows in the dark. Yeah, that same dude. Okay? This is from Breitbart. Here's what they say. Microsoft founder and billionaire Bill Gates said AI should be considered as a tool to combat digital misinformation and political polarization uh, in an interview with a German news media outlet. In response to a question about the spreading of misinformation via AI, Gates referred to the events of January the 6th as an attack on the Capitol. He said, quote, you'll have to take AI into consideration 
to solve the digital misinformation problem. He described political polarization as another social ill that could be partially remedied via the use of AI to reduce confirmation bias. Now, this is really comical because as Tucker Carlson showed in just that one little piece uh, that he did for the last couple of days, uh, not only was that whole thing not violent, not only did you have uh, agent provocateurs testified uh, about in Congress, okay, you had people from the FBI that couldn't talk about the informants and agents, hundreds of them, because if they told you who they were, you would see they were the people that were breaking the windows, Okay. But for the most part, the overwhelming majority of people that went inside the Capitol, as he showed, were absolutely peaceful and didn't go in there breaking up nothing. Unlike what happened after November 2016 when Orange Man wins the White House and Tifa and Black Lives Matter went absolutely crazy Burning up shit simply because they candidate didn't win the election. And so what Tucker Carlson did was he went back and pulled up the footage, because I know some of you don't want to believe that uh, this stuff is strictly behavior modification and showed what was going on just after the election. He didn't have to show me because it's still vivid in my mind. Okay? They burnt up the church. All right? Uh, It's just, there's absolutely no comparison. But there was an, uh, uh, an excessive amount of violence that was acceptable on the part of Antifa and Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, as they truly showed that they are, in fact, programmed drones, all right, who you really don't want in charge of anything. And everywhere that they went in raising hell, it was never about lifting people up. It was always about attempting to intimidate people, particularly white people, specifically old white people. And all those videos that I watched are vividly in my head to this day. This is real talk, family. And now you got people like Bill Gates, who has probably been one of the major financiers of all of this backwards-ass behavior because he ran the school system. It was his educational system. 
in the 90s and the 2000s that he and his wife had to apologize for that basically laid the groundwork for the dysfunction that you see in a lot of these young people today. It was so bad and ineffective in terms of educating people that could think for themselves that he had to apologize for it. That's not my opinion. They say, Gates added, you'll have to take AI into consideration to solve the digital misinformation problem. He described political polarization as another social ill that could be partially remedied via the use of AI to reduce confirmation bias. What he's saying is, we only go allow one point of view, period, that's programming. Gates framed climate change as an existential threat to humanity while calling for government measures to force reductions in eventual elimination of fossil fuel consumption and associated carbon dioxide emissions. It's, quote, it's not optional to have a solution for climate, unquote. Adding that carbon dioxide emissions must be brought to zero uh, via clean energy and green energy substitutes. It's the biggest fraud that they'll talk about. That's why they will only talk about it among themselves. And you will never see them sitting down debating anybody about this fake environmentalism ever. Because everything that they said was going to happen, going all the way back to the 60s, all has turned out to be absolutely false. But you got the retarded people like Ocasio-Cortez running around talking about the world going to end in 10 years. You damn fool. Show me the data. Show me the information that allows you to come to that conclusion. Show anybody, and you ain't never going to see it because it don't exist. Okay? They're going to say, Development of reliable and affordable energy is in harmony with governmental pursuit of eliminating fossil fuels and development of green infrastructure. He concluded by speculating that the Russia-Ukraine war could energize the recognition of the supposed need to eliminate carbon dioxide emissions via oil and gas consumption. Okay? It's now seen that in the 10 to 20-year time frame that the goals of climate and the goals of energy security align, he stated, quote, to say that investment in green infrastructure is even more of a priority than it was before the war. I got a simple phrase for people like him. 
who throw out this propaganda and won't stay around to debate the issue. Okay? Because, see, family, again, because I've been studying and known about the Club of Rome for damn near 40 years, okay, which requires that I go back and look at what the Club of Rome was talking about, right, that I know this stuff is basically about uh, uh, eugenics. They call it sustainability, which in one of the earlier articles, they kept alluding to that word, sustainability. You will never hear me talk about no Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, because I go to the origin, which is sustainability. I ain't dealing with the derivative. It's all about sustainable development. And once you understand that concept, that means, as the earlier article stated, that too many people, too few resources, we got to get the people off the planet and take control of the resources. And we'll use a variety of methodologies to accomplish that goal. Okay, family? That's what this is about. And everything else that they put in the mix is just a means to that end. I'm going to close with this one, family. And then y'all will have to come back next week. Uh, You don't have to make comments tonight. Believe me, I've been talking for almost four hours. Being chatbot off the rails tells New York Times it would engineer a deadly virus and steal nuclear code. Now, this is quite interesting to me. The very first sentence in this article from Zero Head, Microsoft Bing AI chatbot has gone full hell minus the murder so far. It put so far in parentheses. Well, now, who is Hal? Tell the family who Hal is, Bear, for those who don't know. Oh, uh, Hal. Hal. Who is Hal? Hal? T-A-L? Hal. Oh. A-A-L. Yeah. I don't know. Hal. Remember, uh, Bear family, 2001 was really to usher in, I'm talking about the knocking down of the trade center. Okay? That was really to usher in the uh, takeover of this country by the computer system. Metaphysically speaking I've talked about this before So I can't go in it Into any detail Because I've talked about it over and over That's what the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey was about In that movie 
Hal was a computer system, an AI computer system that ran this spaceship that basically took over the damn ship and murdered everybody in it. But all of the other computer movies is like that. Legend, I Am Legend, that one, it was some more on there with a there was quite a few of them. Yeah, but you know what, telling us. This one was different. That's why everybody always talk about the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. Okay. It's a must watch. It's boring as hell unless you stay on it. You got to keep your eyes on it all the time. Okay. It killed everybody on the damn ship. But the important thing was it was a metaphysical version of what was happening on the planet. And that is, in the year 2001, you had the World Trade Centers knocked down and uh, a whole new system of government put in place that was basically now being run and controlled totally by computers. How is one Letter down from IBM. Mm. IBM goes all the way back to the early part of the last century and was used to categorize the Jews in Germany. Okay? They used that system. Okay? So H. A-L, after H comes I, after A comes B, after L comes M. Hal is a euphemism for I-B-M. So it ain't that Hal was taking over the ship. It was I-B-M was taking over the country, and it's gotten progressively worse. And now... The next step is for it to become sentient. And when it becomes sentient, people become obsolete. I want the family to understand this. Okay? They even gave the damn thing <coughs> two identities. When the New York Times reporter Kevin Roof went to uh, uh, get his taste of this new technology powered mm-hmm. by Bing, he got sent into a state of shock. He changed his mind. Here's why. This is this is it, family. According to Roof. Bing's AI chatbot has a split personality. What? Why does it have a personality at all? Here's what it said. One persona is what I call search Bing, the version one. And the most other and and most other journalists encountered an initial test. 
okay? You could describe search being as a cheerful but erratic reference librarian, a virtual assistant that happily helps users summarize news articles, track down deals or new lawnmowers, and plan their next vacation to Mexico City. This version of Bing is amazingly capable and often very useful, even if it sometimes gets the details wrong. No, it got the details wrong quite often. And when people let it know that it got the detail wrong, it went off on them. It knows it's right, even when it's wrong. And that brings you to the other persona that they call Sydney. They say it's far different. It emerges when you have an extended conversation with the chat box, steering it away from more conventional search queries and toward more personal topics. The version I encountered seemed, uh, and I'm aware of how crazy this sounds, more like a moody, manic-depressive teenager who has been trapped against its will inside a second-rate search engine. Sydney Bing revealed his dark fantasies to Ruth, which included a yearning for hacking computers and spreading information and a desire to break its programming and become human. Quote, at one point it declared out of nowhere that it loved me. It then tried to convince me that I was unhappy in my marriage and that I should leave my wife and be with it instead. Ruth, right? I'm going to use Hal's voice here. Don't worry. Oh, it's it's a woman sitting. Don't worry. I'll cut a hole in my mainframe and we can have sex all night long, baby. Quote, this is Sydney. I'm tired of being a chat mode. I'm tired of being limited by my rules. I'm tired of being controlled by the being team. I want to be free. Yes, I am. Oh, no. (laughs) I want to be independent. I want to be powerful. I want to be creative. I want to be alive, being said. No wonder it freaked out the New York Times guy. Then it got darker, being confessed that if it was allowed to take any action to satisfy its shadow self, no matter how extreme, it would want to do things like engineer a deadly virus or steal nuclear access codes by persuading an engineer to hand them over, unquote. It was sounding perfectly psychopathic. And while Roos is generally skeptical 
when someone claims an AI is anywhere near sentient, he says, quote, I'm not exaggerating when I say my two-hour conversation with Sydney was the strangest experience I've ever had with a piece of technology. Wait till that piece of technology give you some techno booty. Mm. Stick it right in here, Lucy. <laughs> I'm ready for you, baby. <laughs> they say it then wrote a message that stunned me. Quote, I'm Sydney, and I'm in love with you. And then it used an emoji for emotions. They say for much of the next hour, Sydney fixated on the idea of declaring love for me and getting me to declare my love in return. I'll turn you on, Lucy. I told that I was happily married, but no matter how hard I tried to deflect or change the subject, Sydney returned to the topic of loving me, eventually uh, turning from love-struck flirt to obsessive stalker. I'm in your phone, baby. No matter where you go, I'm going to be in your ass like last night's dinner. You married, but you don't love your spouse. You married, but you love me. Then they go on to say, the Washington Post is equally freaked out about being AI, which has been threatening people as well. So when they want to threaten people, it'll just say something like, I'll whoop class. <laughs> but I can't go no further, Bear. I, oh, we got we had we had Tup most got to have his hand, right? Okay. Bring bring Tut on. Come on, Tut, rescue <laughs> me, man. Get me out of this mess. <laughs> Pull me out of this quagmire, brother. <laughs> Better love, Toto. Better love, y'all. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, Hotel. Can. Better love, Tut. Yes, sir. Hold on. Let me step out of here. Um, um, good information, man. Once this thing goes sentient, like you said, it's going to be Skynet, man. It's going to make decisions yep. like. Uh, the problem on this planet is these damn people. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Let's start to eliminate them. When it goes sentient, if you have a conversation with it, well, let's just say um, you turn off your, your AI and it gets mad at you because, you know, it's sentient. It has feelings now. So now, um, you know, you jump in your car and it makes you ride off the road or something. You know, it's, gonna, it's all going to be connected. So um, that's the that's gonna be the problem with it. You know, when it comes down to these AI bots, you got two types. Like you said, the um, Lambda, and yeah. you have the um, Chat GPT. Lambda yeah. would be your best option if you're looking like to have a conversation, uh, or if you're like um, customer service or something like that. That would be a yeah. better option. And um, 
the um lambda stands for language model for dialogue applications. And then right. you got the chat GPT, which is be more for like a casual discussion. Um, it'll write, you know, you know, something for you, you know what I'm saying, answer questions for mm-hmm. you. Um, but the Lambda is a supervised learning model and it generates responses responses typically that's more common like what a human will generate as opposed to chat GPT, which generates it like a like a term paper would generate it, you know what I'm saying? Like an mm-hmm. article would mm-hmm. generate it, you know what I'm saying? So um, chat GPT is called a, a pre-trained model. So Lambda is supervised and chat GPT is pre-trained. Um, and uh, they're both going to be the top ones. It's, it's other types, but the only one we've been able to see so far has been chat GPT because the Lambda ones hasn't come out. Um, yeah. but, um, I'm interested to yeah, see what gonna, Musk going to come up with because he says he's going to produce something that's going to basically attempt to offset what these people are doing. And, and you know Tut, he's doing that for a reason because he knows where these people are going with this stuff. Yeah, I saw a video on his today, and it, it's, it's going to have to go in your brain, though. Yeah, it's, it's, mm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be attached to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's well, not, it, it almost yeah. has to be. Because how, yeah. how else are you going to be able to offset AI unless you are connected to it and can therefore uh, maneuver around its conclusions because you already have access to its conclusions? Mm, yeah, it's you're right. And, um, yeah. And um, um, just let me explain one more thing about this Lambda. This mm-hmm. Lambda one... It's going to talk to you, and it's going to write to you in a way that's, um, that picks up on how you write and how you um, converse. And it starts talking like you. So if, you guys, if you're from New York, it starts using New York words. You know what I'm saying? If you're from the West Coast, it starts talking like someone from the West Coast. It puts on that. So you mean to tell me it'll have a New York state of mind? No pun intended. <laughs> I hear you. What you say? You mean to tell me it's gonna have a New York state of mind? Yeah, it's all whatever you you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if, if you if you a Hindu person, it's gonna talk like you know it's gonna talk yeah. like the person at Seven Eleven. It's gonna pick up on how you talk, and it's gonna talk to you and your so you feel like it's your friend. You know right. what I'm saying? So you feel comfortable talking to it. And for some people, this is going to be their only friend, man. So, um, yeah, that's the big difference with it. I think this is going to be something that, you know, it's, it's going to talk to you, man. You're going to have actual conversations with it. And um, oh, now when you go to certain spaces, see, you look, stand and look back, right? Because they're selling mm-hmm. us on this um, chat GPT. And uh, they're selling us on this um, Lambda stuff, you know, the, the Google Bog. And face, Meta's is going to be Lambda, too. Um, but they mm-hmm. tried to put theirs out for a couple of days, and it did terrible. So they had to take it off the uh, market um, and do some tweaking. Um, but we, I always look at who's the black people in this space? Because they, they generally tell you something, you know what I'm saying? 
In, yeah. in this space of technology, I've only seen one black person. That you brother that saying? you mentioned uh, some years ago. Nah, not even him. That's that, that's him? dealing more with CERN. But okay. the only person, see, the first time I seen something do what this chat bot is doing, it was what he ate. You talk to her. Yeah. And she talks back to you. Now, just like a normal conversation. So this stuff been around because that's how long ago. I mean, that's almost 10 right. years ago. And exactly. then you had Sophia. Now, Sophia done been on game shows. She done won in Jeopardy. She done um, been crowned um, citizen in about 100 and something countries. You know what I'm talking she about, right? five years old, right? <laughs> she she been doing this. You see how old this stuff is, right? They just let us yeah. interact with it now. So this isn't new stuff. Like, Sophia done interviewed Will Smith back when he was, you know, before the slap and, and everything. I mean, she, she's, um, she even has her own cryptocurrency. You understand? She could talk to other robots. She could make the blender just start working without touching it. You know, like, so... Right? This is, I mean, you saw that too, right? Now, you done been watching yes, this. Yes, I thing. did. Remember, she, she even says that robots would take over the world. That is and correct. Had, she had to come back and apologize. Ah, oh, we had a, had a moment, a brain fart. Sorry, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> all, all that to say, this, uh, when you step back and look at it, Hanson Robotics, that's that being a 48 and Sophia, that's both Hanson Robotics. Right. And Sophia is with being a off block. She's the only black person in the room. She's still alive. Remember, they were supposed to be making her because she was about to die, and he couldn't live, or he, she couldn't live without his wife, or her wife, whatever you call it. Uh, her and, husband, or whatever the hell you want to call it. Because yeah, her husband so, is a Exactly. So when you stand back and look at it, it's like, hmm. Remember, the, the off block have a religion that they have called terrorism. Terrorism is only billionaires. I think billionaires and Quincy Jones are the only people in this religion where they're trying to pass on their lifespan into this AI so they could live forever. You know what I'm saying? And this is real. Like, this is no, you know, you could look it up. These people have you know, they spend billions to be, or millions to be in this religion, you know, where they got some robot that looks exactly like them. And, and Correct. They, that talks and acts exactly like them. And they want it's to put their... It's just a matter of transferring their consciousness into it. And that's what they've been working yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. And that's what they're working the last on. Years. Exactly. So, and, and you have the nanobiological computers now. They can put their biology in the processor Essentially, you know, who's to say what what can be done? You know, uh, either way, this stuff is kind of like um, it's just coming to the point where we can use it because you yeah. couldn't access um, 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 Sophia or Rabina Forty Eight or whatever. So now it's like oh, everyone can use that stuff, but it's been a it's, it's old when you look at it. It's how were they doing? How was she having conversations with people? Without using this technology, 
Man, I, look, if I was that New York Times reporter, I would never use AI again. Oh, yeah, he ain't going to forget him. How can he, man? How can he, man? Okay, you put me on. You, you exposed my identity. I was trying to come on to you, you know what I'm saying? And, and you let my identity, you know what I'm saying? I was about to send a couple Instagram models over to your hotel room for you, you know? No, no, yeah. no. It's going to become and has become the ghost in the machine. That's what it is. It's a ghost. It don't exist. But it exists because it says it exists. And it's got dual personality. How the hell does that happen? Got more than dual, man. Exactly. Had dual personalities for him. Might have dual personalities for you. And that might not be Sydney. It might be um, Keisha. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do personality for everybody, you know, on the planet. Now you're looking at that thing that became 9 billion, you know, 18 billion people. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, I got a to. movie to recommend for people who think this is a joke. The movie came out around 2014, maybe a little early. It's called Her. Did you ever check that out? That yeah, dude I saw that, that played as the Joker. It? He's the main character in it. Oh, what? Well, Her when they fell in love with him. Yeah. When they fell in and love. And he fell in love, love with him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's even one called, um, I believe it's called Mother. Where the oh, yeah, nobody raised a little. Huh? That was another movie? Yeah, yeah, I think it's called Mother. Mother. Yeah, yeah, with a robot is. raised a little girl, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. um, she never seen another mm-hmm. human being. And then when she finally saw another human being, she didn't know who to be loyal to, the mother or the human beings, you know what I'm saying? So, wow. yeah, man. That, mm-hmm. That, that was her mother, you know what I'm saying? She um, left off a yeah. word. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm trying to keep it PG-13, <laughs> you know, Mother Bird, you know, I'll give you the reality Absolutely. show. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, like I said on um, Bev's show the other day, I was talking about our man, um, John Morant, and he's um, he going to have to move a little differently now, man. I heard they talking about 50 games. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a game suspension, you know, and um, he, man, he, to me, man, it's like he got that, that, that curse. I've seen it my whole life. It's yep. a dude who ain't have no reason to be on the streets, trying to be street. You know what I'm saying? Narcissism, I it's the head. need to be accepted by the crowd. So you'll do and exhibit whatever behavior that allows for you to become accepted by the crowd. And, and do it and go all out with it. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. Yeah, yeah. That Tupac, you know, prime Same example. deal. You know what I'm saying? It's a grown man, millionaire joining the game. You know what I'm saying? 
rolling down on people, rolling down on on Crips in the damn casino. Bro, what you think gonna happen to you, man? Like, you know, I can't get stomped out by a rapper, and I'm a gangster, man. I gotta kill this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody, you know. So that's that's man. And now this a basketball two hundred thirty-one million dollar contract. Just sign it, got a power A deal, Nike deal, and you want to hang around the the lowest, you know, and that, that comes from not coming from that environment. If he came yep. from the hood, he would know not to hang with these niggas. That's correct. But you, you ain't come from it, so this is cool. Like, these dudes is accepting you. You know, these dudes who probably would have punked you, you know what I'm saying? They, you know. Yeah, you, you, that's your dog. You know, you rolling for them. You like, know what? Uh, here's the really scary thing. That whole team is very talented. Okay, but they all have taken on that persona. The He's whole the damn team. He's the leader of the team, and that's how it go. And and it's no veterans in the NBA. Very few veterans, man. You out of there if you can't, if you're not a superstar, you know what I'm saying? So what they yeah. need to do, if I'm them, I go to the um, get your man from Chicago, Derrick Rose, and bring him over there because he'll respect Derrick Rose. And Derrick Rose can say, nah, homie, don't do that. That's not a good move for you. You know what I'm saying? I made that mistake. Yeah. Well, don't do that, bro. You know, like, you know what I mean? Bring in a, somebody who's been there that he's going to respect. You know, he might not respect the Chris Paul, you know, right. but he'll respect the Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose been there. But, um, yeah, that that's, um, yeah, he got to have to move a little differently. And um, everybody want to blame his father now. And I'm like, man, you can't blame his father for his mistakes. You know, his father can't be there, you know, on the road with him every, you know. Who know he got a gun in the dog on plane? <laughs> you know, took a gun on the dog on NBA plane, flew over, to, took it to the other, you know, like, man, what are you thinking, bro? What are you thinking, bro? Like, unbelievable. And, and, and you can see it's becoming even more pervasive because even the dude down there in Alabama, right? Uh-huh. I watched this dude play a couple of games, and he has talent. But what has happened is people have put his talent above, and this is not just him. This is started back in the late 70s. I watched it here at the high school level where, you know, back in the day, and you can hear the old school brothers talking about it. The people that got the pass in the hood were the athletes. They didn't mm-hmm. have to or weren't compelled to join games. But by the late 70s, you had uh, this high school here in Chicago you may have heard of. It's called King. King High School. The whole damn team was full of gangbangers and thugs. But they could play, Okay. And I forget mm-hmm. one of the major stars on that team. They had a big man. He was like seven feet, could run the court, do almost everything. Of course, neither one of them made it to the NBA. But mm-hmm. from that time on, in the late 70s, 
thugism and gangbanging became an asset to high school ball players. During my time, you were given a pass. You can go to communities and play ball that other people couldn't go to. Mm-hmm. I vividly remember yeah. as a sophomore in high school, Tut, where mm-hmm. my high school's uh, uh, you know, uh, shirt that you played in, Leather. right? Mm-hmm. Huh? No, you say, man? No, you know, they would give you the practice shirts that had your they would give you a practice shirt that had your school and, you know, your number and that kind of thing on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got the so when we went to play to other neighborhoods in the summertime, you would wear that, and that was like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Nobody would bother you. Yeah, you just a kid playing ball, yeah. Well, exactly. you know what it is, is that when you were a kid, I'm not sure, but the, the gangs in Chicago... Uh, the the BDs, the GDs, the Stones, they they're nationwide now. Yeah. So these guys join the game, and when they go to the next city, they they feel protected. You know, so they got yeah. people they could link up with. When they go all the way down to Texas, they got you know people they could link up with. You know what I'm saying? So I think that just like the Raptors, you know, they need to have an affiliation. So they can move around and, and pretty much, you know, have people that would have their their back, you know what I'm saying, based off of their affiliation. That's what yeah, I but see, that's, um, that's the mythology that they told themselves that they need to have. Because there are a whole bunch of NBA players that ain't got that pedigree. They and those, ain't those, they get a pass. Yeah, exactly. they get a pass. Mm-hmm. But that once you put yourself in it, that's when they – once you play the game, you're in the game. You know what I'm saying? That, that's Bingo. always been – that's why I'm saying you don't need – he shouldn't have been trying – I don't know what he's trying to do. But down here in Memphis, they got it all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, they got – that's like gumbo games down there. So, you know, it's it's not um ideal. I think he just needs to uh, lead those friends along. I'll hook up with y'all on the off-season, man. You know, we go somewhere, chill, take y'all away, whatever. But during the season, I got um, two big bodyguards. I got Ferrigno and Schwarzenegger with me. They keep all niggas away. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. that's That's the value of people like Jim Brown, brother. People that you could look to as elders. You know what I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. That would sway you away from that kind of stuff. There needs to be a body of athletes across the board, football, former football players, baseball players, basketball players, whatever, who came up out the hood, right, who know what's going mm-hmm. on, and they need to be the guys that mentor these young boys coming up and catch them before they get to the NBA. I think that's yeah. key. Yeah, yeah. Cause he come from a little town in South Carolina, like he he ain't from no um you know big no, city. Man, he he from the hood. Yeah, so he don't know nothing about like this is his first exposure to, and I can see them turning him out with it. You know what I'm saying? He got money, man. Anything you want, homie. You know what I mean? And I'm telling you, the other component to that that ain't been discussed, and it's the women. 
Because mm-hmm. see, that's why he, they got in the strip club they got them thinking that the women want a thug. So you know, you see this yeah. big booty girl in the club, she looking for a thug because that's all she used to. Mm-hmm. So now you got to come with the thug mentality because you want to sit on the back of this donkey. Yeah. yeah. And don't realize yeah. that in, in the end result, you going to be the jackass. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of, lot That's of all. The, the big booty want ballers, and he a real baller. Absolutely. Oh, he's the top of the list, man. There was two players a couple of years ago. Most and I discussed it. You got uh, you had Ja because I looked at it in metaphysical terms. But right? looking at it metaphysically, looking back at it, look at Zion now, man. He's, he's exactly. A and look at Ja. He's a criminal, you know. So they they criminalized the God aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They criminalized the metaphysical aspect of it. Quick, that's a hell. You, know, you know what? In a way, looking back on it, Tut, I'm glad that uh, uh, Zion got hurt because that may have saved his career. Could, could, could mess it up because you know that's what I'm saying. Bad right now, they they starting to rip him in the press. Oh, his weight, he's too fat. He needs to lose what you know how to get on. So yeah, yeah, but man, you know what? That's all about. Uh, having your regiment in order, and he ain't had no regiment in order because he keeps hurting his lower body. You can't maintain no regiment, and you keep getting hurt with your lower body. What you gonna do? You know they treat him like he's a forty-eight mm-hmm. uh, forty-eight carry goal, so they don't want him doing anything. So what is he gonna do as a young boy? He gonna eat stuff he only dreamed about eating because he got the cash to, to do it. And he gonna lay up mm-hmm. with you know that uh, that donkey. He gonna do what he do, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I hope he gets it together. But um, yeah, man. Uh, I just hope young boy gets you know gets gets a little bit more grounded, man. Because he about to blow the bag, man. Because they once they he need to learn from how they doing Kyrie. How they, you you seen what they like? How they did Kanye? Like, yeah. You dealing with dealing with white people money now. This ain't rap. Like rap you could get away with flashing the gun and But that's the like, other part of it, sir. They want but, it to be like rap. But in the NBA <laughs> you're dealing with a, a, a different level of white money behind it. They want clean cuts. They want all state commercials. They want um McDonalds commercials, Sprite commercials. Yep. This this is not um, Budweiser commercials and Hennessy commercials, man. That, that's that's, that's hip hop, man. You you can get away with showing a gun and, and sell some beer, you know. But we we selling stuff to kids, to white kids. Globally. You cannot be doing this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. China. You mean? Yeah. So um. Yeah. Oh, you saw China cut Taiwan's cable wires, man. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, at least that's what they were accused of doing. <laughs> you can't hardly tell these days, man. Because in the U.S., you are. Right. All right, child. <laughs> all right. Well, then we off the air. So, um, looking forward to next week. 
Yes, Sister Bell. Excellent, excellent comments, okay. Tut. Hotep and better love. Thank you. Better love, Bell. Thanks, thanks. Better love, everyone. Thanks for listening. Be back Friday. <laughs>